Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we're finally getting to catch up on all this what-if feedback we've been getting about Episodes 4 and Episodes 5. All that right of this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Hey, Ashley. How you doing today? I'm great, Matt. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having fun recording episodes of the MCU cast. <laughs> um, I really We've been working hard today, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a lot. Of, had a lot of tech issues earlier on, and now we're we're settling in. But you know what? Jeff's not here, and I'm a little scared about reading all this stuff. But we're going to do it, and it's going to be good. We're getting a lot of practice in tonight, so just bear with us, people. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> <laughs> Our reading ability does not reflect the amount that we love you for your feedback. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and just know that this um, coming, uh, all the stuff we're going to be covering today is episodes four and five. So it's the Doctor Strange episode and the zombie episode. Uh, we didn't get to do an episode, uh, a Monday night record last week because of the holiday. So we're catching up. So uh, let's dive in to what if feedback. Uh, Hannah on Patreon says, did Christine's taking up Strange's offer to go to that dinner create a nexus event? And was Christine dying the branch crossing the red line? Once a branch crosses the red line, it can't be pruned. Similar to how the Sorcerer Supreme states, you can't change a fixed point. Also, am I the only one that thinks the final frontier every time Jeffrey Wright says space? In the intro, <laughs> there's just a perfect pause to fit that in. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. <laughs> I, she is definitely not. Everyone knows I love Star Trek, and she is definitely not the only one that thinks that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> time, space, the final frontier. We should just all start making sure we say that every time. Yes. Now I'm just going to hear it in my head. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to manifest it. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, I guess the him asking her to go to dinner was the Nexus event because that's not what happens. Right. He doesn't invite her in our timeline to den- to the ceremony, right? I can't remember to be honest. I know I that feel terrible that I, I know can't that he's remember. in the car alone, and so I don't know. See, the problem is they also seem to have a much more flirtatious relationship at that point, and it almost well, they seems had been like- in a long term relationship, and then they broke up. Okay, that's right. So it just seems in this. And this, like, they've had some leading up. There's been something that seemed like it was leading up to this moment. So that when mm-hmm. he asks her, she's like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. Um, instead of giving some pushback or whatever. It doesn't seem yeah. like just one charming moment. It seems like there's a little bit of a different relationship in this. So maybe this is the Nexus event. Uh, maybe it crosses the line once she's in the car because then she can't change it. Yeah. And we, we don't really know. And I don't know that it crossing the line has anything to do with a fixed point in time. Because the technology to prune a timeline is different, as far as we understand it, than the internal ability for a magician to change the timeline. Or maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. We just don't really know. You, you- or maybe if they can see into the future, there's no need to prune a timeline that's already going to destroy itself. Sure. Sure, that's true. I think the question they're asking is, like, does every time a universe crosses the red line. The, the the branch crosses the red line for the TVA. Is that creating a fixed point? Is it now a universe that has spun off to the point that, like, you can't change that because it will collapse this universe completely? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. And actually, kind of the thing is, if that's the case, then he, that's what he does at the end is he prunes it, right? 
Like that's right. what ends up happening is he figures out how to change the thing that caused this universe to be different. And then the universe ceases to exist. So he kind of yeah. does prune this one at the end of the episode. Self pruning. Yeah. He <laughs> self prunes this universe. Hmm. I love the thought though, Hannah, that's super clever way to put that together. I like that a lot. So Jonathan Kim on Patreon says, it was interesting to see that within one universe, there is an absolute point that does occur, but not in others. So the timeline branches off, but back together again. I guess the TVA didn't have to worry about this branch as it pruned itself. Uh-huh. Also, one more thing to note, Dr. Strange should have used hexagon shapes instead of triangles for protection. Clearly, triangles weren't as strong as hexagons like WandaVision. Can't wait to see how much more Watu takes apart in this series. Love you 3000, Jonathan. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks, Jonathan. This is more a great discussion about like the how this works versus the TVA pruning. So I don't really know if if these things tie together in the same way, but I love that we can ask these questions, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, I took this the same way. It seems like Jonathan took it like an absolute point in time in my like estimation means it happens in all realities, but that's not the case here. And like, Mm-mm. it kind of ties into what Hannah was saying is that maybe the absolute point in time is the nexus event because, or, or in some form of the nexus cluster of events when it crosses the red line or whatever, because once it crosses that, you can't, if you destroy that event at that point, you destroy the universe, which is what happens. So maybe that's, maybe this is all the same thing, you know, science and technology or technology and uh, magic. They're the same <laughs> thing. You just you don't understand them as well, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've been saying that for a long time. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I love the uh, hexagons are more powerful than triangles. It's so true. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it reminds me a lot of all the discussion we have about colors. Like, there's a blue color. It's got to be something to do with time. There's a red color. It's got to be something. Like, uh, We're trained. It's like yeah. in 10 years of just pounding it into us that all that <laughs> means something. Right. And and now we're like, shapes. What do shapes mean? And more sides, more power, I guess, is what we're, we're getting at. But what if like, it's an octagon? It's a stronger hex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. Paul Scott. On Gmail says, this might be my favorite. Oh yeah. Oh, he's a, uh, he's a recording in that we should play. Yeah. He said, he sent a voice memo just to show us what an, uh, Scottish accent should sound like. And I may or may not have played that a hundred times until all my girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, sexy Paul Scott on Gmail says, Hey guys, Scottish Panda here. As much as I love you, please don't do the Scottish accent. <laughs> uh, spoiler for zombie episode. If you haven't watched it, please stop reading. Uh, so at the end, end, zombie Thanos has the gauntlet. If he snaps and all and half of all living things get halved, would that mean the zombies would survive? Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm think this is a good talking point and probably already talked about uh, before you see this email, LOL, as always loving the podcast and will continue listening in. Uh, love you 3000, Ash and her team. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't even think about that because no, yeah, zombies aren't alive. So yeah, that, I, I, that's totally fair. Totally Zombie fair. Zombie takeover. Totally fair. I really do wonder what, like, what does, 
Thanos snapping do in this in this scenario? What if he instead of just killing half of life or destroying it, he wants to zombify half of life? And that's how we get like instead of just the earth has been taken, like the cosmos is now taken half by zombies and we have the war the war rages out in the cosmos or something. Yeah. And now we have zombies in, in space. Exactly. Zombies in space. <laughs> in space. Definitely sounds like a, a good uh, B movie. <laughs> zombies in space. It's perfect. We already had uh, Jason in space. He's basically a zombie, right? Ugh, Jason X. I mean, I guess. <laughs> D- I. I kind of love Jason X. It's it's like I know. it's so no, silly. You don't. I do. I do not for its horror, but before it's the like funny. purely like self aware humor mm-hmm. that it has. I like the gore. They do oh. gory really well in there when the guy freezes and That's he's like, right. <laughs> oh. "It's great." Not my thing. Also, Paul, oh. sorry that Jeff did a Scottish accent incorrectly. He probably will do one again. Um, that's not a Scottish even. I don't even know how to do that accents. Um, but, uh, it's funny. You were the first person to write in after many years to discourage him from doing accents. I've been saying it for years. Like, uh, I feel like you might offend people, but most- when I heard the difference, I was like, Oh, <laughs> most people encourage Jeff anyway. So, um, it, so, so at least, at least we hear, we're hearing the other side of the story now. I doubt, I doubt it'll stop him, but. <laughs> I told her that I was like, this isn't going to work, buddy. But I'll tell him. <laughs> but I also told him that all his feedback now has to be voice memos. I don't, I don't expect oh, yeah. anything else typed in. <laughs> and you can address them to Ashley Coffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley really enjoyed your voicemail. This isn't the first I've heard of it this week. <laughs> Okay. Flustered and moving on. Uh, Marco Kukuza on Gmail says, Hey, Ash, Matt, and Jeff. This episode was absolutely crazy. Possibly my favorite one so far. I've got two questions. One, how did Thanos get infected? Him technically being an Eternal should grant him some sort of immunity. Two, how did Thanos know to go to Wakanda? In Infinity War, the reason he goes there is because he knows the Mind Stone is there, which... In this episode, it wasn't there yet. Maybe I'm just overthinking it too much. Love to know what you think. Until next time, Marco. Valid points. Yeah, very valid points. I don't, I don't know if we know that Eternals would have resistance to this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But we, we don't really have any evidence of that. But the point about Thanos not knowing to go to Wakanda, I guess like, that would be the last. Oh wait, that would be if he is a zombie king at this point. Wakanda would be the last place of defense because with the shields they could keep the zombies out. So if they were trying to take down the last defense of humans, it would probably be at Wakanda. Sure, sure. And that's if the zombies had some kind of continuity of like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. If there's a if there is a zombie, not master. continuity, cognizant. Cognizance. Cognizance. Thank like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know if the, the zombies seem to want to zombify people and they seem smart enough to at least use tools and make decisions. So I'm assuming there's something going on here. Um, there's some sort of greater goal and it seems like a, it seems like a self replicating thing where like they want to replicate themselves throughout the universe and probably, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know why Thanos even came to Earth, though, at this point, if 
I mean, this may just be the time he was planning to come to Earth, but if he's coming there for the stones, yeah, Wakanda doesn't necessarily make any sense. Hmm. Yeah, it make, yeah, there were no stones there. Yeah. I mean, unless he's just like, there's stones on Earth, and, and kind of like in uh, the Star-Lord episodes, they're like, there's a lot of non-earthly material under this uh, under this place, so I'll go there. But uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really buy that. So it's a good point. It's a good point. It's a, but mm-hmm. it did make for a beautiful last shot. Yeah, I was somebody. So I share my Disney Plus with friends because mm-hmm. I love them, and they everybody who has my Disney Plus got a very shitty text message. And this was after What If, because they stopped it right at the end. So when I hit play, I thought it would resume, and it just showed Zombie Thanos pulling on the glove, and then cut to credits. And I was like, <gasps> Yikes. You jerks. I was like, this is the, like, this was, I will change my password and you all will lose it if mm. you ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Future completion. Yeah. Future <laughs> completion, especially Marvel stuff on its first day out. Like that's, that's yeah, just... you jerks. You're lucky it was what if. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially like that's a big spoiler for that episode. I know. Um, at least uh, w- Wanda was, that was enough to, to make that probably my favorite episode because that was a surprise. Oh yeah. <laughs> I loved it so Freaking much. Awesome. All right. Lauren waters on Gmail says, hello pandas. I really enjoyed this week's episode of what if one thing I thought was ironic was how it seemed to act as a dispute against the, it's not actually our doctor strange in the no way home trailer theory, which I'm sure wasn't intentional but it's still interesting. I think the line, this isn't love, this is arrogance. Um, this is our need to fix everything that led us to becoming a sorcerer in the first place. Uh, was really important in understanding Doctor Strange as a character. Even though this isn't the MCU's Doctor Strange, the essence of the character is the same. Steven has never been able to accept being told no. When he was told he couldn't fix his hands, he destroyed his life to prove them wrong. When he was told not to experiment with the mirror dimension, he brought the disciples into it anyway, resulting in the Ancient One dying. When he was told not to mess with the Time Stone, he continued to experiment with it, even up to the final confrontation with Dormammu. When he was told by Tony in Infinity War to leave the fight and to hide the stone, he got involved anyway. All of these were done with the pure intention of trying to fix something. But Stephen's inability to accept that a problem might be beyond his capabilities leads him to making reckless decisions. If anything, him doing that memory spell after Wong told him it was too dangerous uh, to fix Peter's situation was the most in-character thing for him. Tangent over. Uh, I also appreciate the parallels of WandaVision throughout the episode, especially the fact that the universe Steven shrunk into was initially the same color and had the same triangular structure of the hex. Overall, I love this episode. Thanks for the great cast. Cool. Thanks, Lauren. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that makes a really good case for the Doctor Strange in No Way Home fitting and not being so out of character, right? Well, it was like we were talking about with him before. Um, 
that is, he is that arrogant character. We mm-hmm. forget because it's been such a long time. And when we saw him for that little bit in Endgame, he was precise, dead on, like knew what he had to do. But that's the only time we've really seen him act like that. Because even in Infinity War, like, I'm here to protect your universe, douchebag. Like, he was still that very arrogant person. And we saw him learn through it in Doctor Strange, but we didn't see him get past it. So it yeah. is it is very on character for him to be like, I can fix like that wanting to just fix everything and go behind and p- the the people's back and do the things that he's told not to do. It is very on character for him. Yeah. 100%. I guess we were kind of just saying like for him to do it for Peter Parker seemed a little weird, but at this point, like he seems depressed and it's like, who else would he be like, who else does he have to do it for? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that you're, I think you're right. I think that's like, it, it, it does seem a little reckless, in like a the, the other things he's done had like a good cover for them, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. you, you're doing them, but yeah, but you think it's the only way to protect the time stone, or you're doing them, but you, it's because it's the only thing you care about. And it's it's also before you have any sort of perspective on the world and the universe. So fixing your hands is like a thing you're going to try to do, and uh, right, it's like it's like he do, things that he thinks he can do or or doesn't know the stakes fully of. Um, but saving Peter Parker's reputation does seem like a strange motivation to uh, embark on something that someone's telling him is so dangerous, especially someone he trusts, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. He's probably not feeling great about losing the Time Stone, which diminished, like deplenishes his powers. True, true. And if, if someone's telling him not to experiment with uh, more complicated magic, and he's like, no, I'm as powerful as I want to be, you know? That mm-hmm. makes makes a lot of sense that he would... He still wants power. He's still a sort of a power-hungry dude. Yeah. For sure. I'd be. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I am too. I am yeah, too. I'm I get trying it, to tell Strange. me to have to do something and then put the book on the shelf and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, going to go great. Man, I saw something at uh, Dragon Con that I was like, ah, I want to get that for Ashley. Um, <laughs> but it was just a Necronomicon, but it was like fu- fully done on and out in leather. Like really, oh really God. well done. I would have um, bought it. Like I would have come out and be like, Ken, I spent $600 on this. No, yeah. I was you're like, going to love it. <laughs> I was like, how much is this? And they were like, it's $400. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> they were like, but it's reloadable with journals. And I was like, oh, okay. That okay. is still... A little out, out of. Is it made out of range. human flesh? No. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not worth four hundred dollars. Little J on Gmail says. <laughs> to me, that reduces the price. Let me just uh, put that out there. I have a different sense of that. <laughs> That's funny. Thanks for thinking of me. Uh, Linda J on Gmail says something that I didn't hear you all discuss for this episode was the fact that the ancient one confirmed that two different timelines can in fact coexist in one single timeline. And there were two Dr. Strangers in one universe. So does this confirm that Steve was Peggy's husband all along? Love you guys. Hmm. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, she, she creates dual Dr. Strangers, one that makes one decision and one makes the other. But I don't know that she confirms that two different timelines are existing on the same timeline. Because yeah, one of them embarks on this crazy journey into the past and stuff. And one of them just continues to do his Doctor Strange thing, you know? But uh, yeah, I don't know how but, that works. 
Yeah, that's... Did one get pulled from another timeline? Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to try. It's my brain. The way she explains it, it seems like she created a split... Yeah, I guess it would have had to, it would have had to split in some way and then merge back together. But it seems like it would have been very localized. Hmm. So, so possibly just I mean, it's a magic spell. You know, there's no like logic to it necessarily, except that flourish. Yeah, flourish. That's <laughs> flourish. all we have to say is flourish. I still kind of think that Steve was Peggy's husband all along. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's a fair assessment. Like the writers say that, but the directors <laughs> say no. So. Who knows? Well, well, they they directed Civil War, so they wouldn't want to have accidentally wrote something, you know, so Star Wars in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Star Wars. So Star Wars. <laughs> That's a funny way to say. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, I definitely Very Game I of Thrones do. of them. <laughs> Very Game of Thrones of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and then we still don't know. I mean, not that it makes it better. Yeah, listen, whatever, Sharon. I'm still on your side. Uh, yeah, Sharon, you didn't. Don't do tell me you didn't do anything wrong. If you Sharon. told me, I'd probably kill you, so I could continue not knowing. <laughs> I'm very, very Khaleesi. <laughs> That's very memento of you. <laughs> it's very memento of me. I love that movie. <laughs> I do too. Oh, okay. All right. Let's see. This last one. Paige Poston on Gmail says this episode sucked. Visually, it was stunning. I love that Awatu is becoming more involved. Everything else was terrible. The entire premise is that Doctor Strange was so in love with Christine Palmer that he would devote centuries of study and destroy the world to save her. There is absolutely no basis for that. In the movie, Doctor Strange seemed like he barely even liked her. Mm. To make it plausible, he would need at least a scene or two to establish a relationship that has not existed in his story up to this point. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because he carries the watch that she got him the whole time. He's very emotional at the hospital. Yeah. Um, I I always get the sense in the movie that there were feelings there that he just didn't know how to express because he's kind of emotionally stunted because he's Mm -hmm. all about his career and all about, you know, his goals and stuff. That's what I, yeah. the way I took the movie, that there were feelings there. He just didn't know how to open up and express them. When they went to steal the watch, like he almost risked his life to save the watch that she got him when he got to Caritage. Comertage. Comertage, I think. Comertage. Something like that. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> we're fired, both of us. <laughs> this is the things Jeff remembers, okay? He remembers his pronunciations. Comertage. <laughs> Something like that. Just, just leave it. Just leave it. Everybody knows. Let it go. That's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> this someone was mentioning earlier um, about the idea that this is this the nexus point, and I was saying that like it seems like there's the nexus point, the time when this split off would have had to have been sooner because this does seem like the relationship between them is different. So I had the same, uh, I had the same feelings that Paige had here that like. Is either the relationship is slightly different or Dr. Strange is slightly more willing to be open hearted to their relationship. Right. Um, so for what, cause for whatever reason he makes the decision to invite her in the car and maybe I, I don't remember this scene from Dr. Strange. I need, I don't know why I haven't gone back yet and rewatched it, but like clearly he makes a different decision here. Um, so that decision in my mind has to be based on di- a different relationship or a different, um, thoughts that he has prior to this plus the guilt of getting somebody killed 
Sure, sure. I think the idea that like that Paige is bringing up though, why did he even bring? Why did he have her in the car in the first place? Too. I guess mm-hmm. she's more talking about why he saved the world. So that's a good point, or like why he tried to destroy the world to save her. He mm-hmm. also didn't believe that he would destroy the world. He believed his hubris had him thinking that he could save her and save the world, or and not destroy the world. Yeah. He like I think there's a point where Doctor Strange tells him like no no you're going to destroy the world like you can't save her and keep this world surviving and he says like I don't believe you so it's not so much that like he doesn't believe that he can't win right because that's the kind of guy he is at that point and he never grew past it you know yeah good point and then Paige continues. And to use a non-existent relationship to fridge this character over and over and over again is just lazy writing. Uh, so far in this series, we've had one feminist character, Captain Carter. Uh, one episode with barely any female characters, T'Challa and Star- as Star-Lord, and two episodes that leaned on the fridging of characters that were already underdeveloped. Avengers and now uh, Doctor Strange. I expected more from this series, especially considering that the MCU is seemingly trying to do a better by its women characters. Uh, hopefully it gets better, uh, but I don't have high hopes. Uh, thanks, y'all. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. I feel like the zombie one was a little bit more female-led. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and this this was probably written been before the zombie one. I do mm-hmm. think that, I mean, like, it, you know, it had Peter Parker kind of at its core, but, like, at the same time, Hope was very central um, to that, that story. Yeah, and Okoye. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I hear I hear what uh, Paige is saying, and I do think that Marvel is turning that corner, and they're, they're, they're involving more female characters and more characters of color, but this is a story, this is a what-if story about the last 10 years of Marvel movies, and so they're pulling from what they have now, which... That's a good point. ...is, unfortunately, mostly white men. <laughs> uh, most of the heroes, and most of the heroes that are currently fan favorites are the white men, because they have... That's what they have been up till now. But they are turning that corner, and I, and I hope that a few years from now, when they make a what-if, or next year even, we have a lot more characters to work with. Oh, yeah. I didn't pay attention enough on the, to the show to pay attention to, like, the intimate details of, like, the character developments in it. Because hmm. I, I watched the zombie one and the Doctor Strange one, and, and those ones were cool, but I can't, like, remember a lot of the details of the other ones besides the first one. Yeah, like, she's talking about... Uh, hmm. T'Challa as Star-Lord, which did have mostly male characters. Wasn't he in love with, uh... Nebula? Karen? Yeah. I don't think they were in love, but she was in there. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, I just couldn't remember who the, who was in there. Thought that they were, he was like, in fact, like, oh, like starstruck by her. No? Uh, I think that, that we as the audience are supposed to be, like, struck by her, like, ultra femme look. I don't know that T'Challa is necessarily, but there's definitely, like, a flirtation between okay. him and Nebula. Like, or like Nebula is kind of being a little flirtatious with him, but it turns out that's sort of, um, a front because then we find out later that like, as soon as that scene's over, they basically hatch a plan to pretend that they're falling into the trap of, uh, the collector so that they can work together to get out of the trap. So it's a, it's a whole thing. So I don't know that how much that flirtation was real and how much of it was, uh, her being 
you know, interested in uh, getting him to work with her. Oh, okay. Um, as for, yeah, Avengers, so saying, um, fridging characters, the Avengers, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, Hope, it's interesting because she's talking about this underdeveloped character of Hope in that, in this episode, but Hope gets much more developed in the zombie episode. Um, she Mm -hmm. really, I think she has more of a leadership role than anyone else in the zombie episode. Oh yeah, she, she's, she does like the selfless stuff. Which that was after Pedro this in, so can't blame, can't blame Pedro for not knowing that, but, uh. Like, uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't blame Paige for anything. That's a great piece of feedback. Thank you, Paige. <laughs> um, thank you for writing in. And, uh, well, you know, I do think that they are doing a better job with their female characters, but it's still going to take a while to fill out the universe. Yeah. Hopefully with, uh, the Marvels, that's going to be a big push. And She-Hulk. We got a lot. Kate Bishop. Marvels, Eternals, Kate Bishop, female Thor, like the, 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 the future of the MCU is female for sure. <laughs> I don't know how well that will manifest and like what, what will, what will be grabbed onto by fans and carried forward, you know? Yeah. What will we be like really desiring a what if about in three years from now, you know? That's a good point. No clue. No clue. No clue. Uh, well, thank you everybody for writing in. That is all of our what if feedback. Um, I think that is about all for the podcast. If you want to uh, join in our review writing contest, uh, you can go to strandedpanda.com slash contest and uh, just see the uh, the rules. Basically, review us, uh, review any Stranded Panda podcast. They're all listed there, and you can win a gaming system, either a Oculus Quest 2 or a Nintendo Switch. So, good prizes. We're a small network. Not that many people are getting, uh, are doing the reviews. So, like, if you do them is, is the best chance for a free one of those systems. So go big for prizes. big prizes. Like there's these big networks that do stuff like this that are like hundreds of thousands of people on their YouTube channel. You know, we're like mm-hmm. just not that big. <laughs> we're yeah. much, much, we much, love much our people. And that's why we do this. Cause we love you. And we think, you know, yeah. help, help us grow and we'll all grow together. <laughs> we had a couple of people write and be like, Oh, why are you giving away prizes for reviews, whatever? And I was like, the big channels do it, and they also have lots of money. Like, we don't yeah. have money to pour into this. What we have, we have listeners that we're very thankful for, and we can only ask that you guys help us out with the reviews. Like, that's, like, what we have. And we're giving back, you know? Doing a prize, like, it's a good way to motivate people. There's a lot of people who, like, wrote wrote in and did their did very earnest reviews that were like, I've been meaning to review forever, and they're just, like, that motivated people, and I'm yeah. happy that it did. So thank you guys. Um, all right. Well, that'll be all for this week. Uh, thank you so much. We'll be back with, uh, more coverage tomorrow with more Marvel stuff. Cause there's so much going on. So much. So much. <laughs> Peace. Until next time. True believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast available everywhere you get podcasts. And now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash stranded panda TV and available at youtube.com slash stranded panda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com.